of Fabella Daily, the podcast putting big, ugly, stupid ogres to work in a magical world. Today is August 5th, equal to Leo 14th. Books are available on Amazon. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and hit that subscribe button for more great stories right in your feed. August 5th, 1068 AD is the date Italo-Normans began a nearly three-year siege of Bari during the Byzantine-Norman Wars. But in the magical wonderland of Fabella, ogres were first used in siege warfare. I'm Dylan Foley, and this is Archives of Fabella. Beyond our world, there is love. Beyond our world, there is war. Beyond our world, there is life. Beyond our world, there is Fabella. Leo 14th, 5068, FY, Fabella year, equal to August 5th, 1068, AD, Earth year. Mountain ogres were the most dangerous of all the beasts in Fabella, rising at a towering ten feet tall with thickly built bodies, hard enough to snap arrows. Ogres were unstoppable, hulking juggernauts of nature. Because of their size and ability to perform simple tasks, ogres had been used since the civilization age by various developing agent empires as beasts of burden. But... It wasn't until Fabella's medieval age of monsters that they were utilized during sieges. The kingdom of Arcadia, situated approximately where Italy and Greece would be on a map of Earth, was first to deploy domesticated ogres in siege warfare and profited immensely from such a risky endeavor. There were four classes of siege ogre during the Age of Monsters. The Attack Ogre, the Siege Tower Ogre, the Catapult Ogre, and the Drummer Ogre. Let's take a closer look at these, starting with the Attack Ogre. Attack Ogres were probably the most formidable warriors to come out of Arcadia. They were trained to use big, spiked hammers and halberds, in addition to the clubs that were their traditional weapons. They were not especially agile. They did have exceptional reach, which is something that their opponents overlooked at their own peril. This threat was magnified through the use of staff weapons to stab their opponents while remaining safely out of reach. They swung these from the side, using the axe blade like a scythe, or brought them down like an axe. Their weapons were so long that it was only by distraction that a soldier could hope to get inside the ogre's reach and strike it. Attack ogres were armored with heavy plate armor, and their arms were protected by iron braces. Their helmets had cheek plates that extended outward to offer an additional layer of defense. 
Not that they needed it, though. Their training really only consisted of getting them through the gates and killing as many soldiers as they could. They were living battering rams, capable of smashing an entire gate down and ripping doors off their hinges in one pull. Moving on to the Siege Tower Ogre. Not only were the 75 foot tall siege towers made of timber, but they were also filled with army forces, so they needed up to four ogres to transport them from point A to B. These ogres carried no weapons while pushing the towers, but there were weapons stored inside. They wore heavy plated armor strapped to their torsos and forearms, and wore leather caps to which there were riveted leather flaps and iron plates that jutted out over the eyes and cheeks. Protection against arrows fired from above was the primary objective. Ogres were viewed as far too expendable to waste the precious rare magic-blocking iron taros on if they were hit by a spell. They usually went down quickly. That brings us to the catapult ogre. The enormous tension under which the catapults operated meant that it took squads of normal-sized folk to do the work of a few mountain ogres. A pair of ogres could pull down the great arm of the catapult while a third lowered the heavy boulder onto the basket, all in the space of a minute or two. These ogres were fitted with wide-brimmed iron helmets that had a spike on top of visor and leather flaps that protected the ogre's eyes from flying debris. Faster catapult loading and firing times meant that Arcadia could launch an unyielding attack on fortresses they were invading. This tactic alone helped them conquer numerous forts in the east and challenge the emerging Avalon Empire for domination in Fabella's Europe. Lastly, the Drummer Ogre kept a beat for the vast army of Arcadia to march to. These ogres carried two large kettle drums hung from their shoulders, which they beat with heavy wooden mallets. The boom from these horsehide-covered drums reverberated around the battlefield. Its steady beat served to inspire armies as much as it distressed their enemies. They were not armored, merely fitted with caps of layers of overhanging hide, shoulder straps of fur, and hide paired with a leather loincloth. Their Arcadian's conquest was later halted by the Avalon Empire. Arcadia could only profit from their newfound edge in siege warfare for so long. Once other kingdoms saw what they were capable of with ogres, the method was perfected by enemy kingdoms, and Arcadia was lucky to hang on to the land that they attained, never becoming one of the elite nations of Fabella. That's going to do it for us today. Subscribe now to get more new episodes right in your feed. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Send your questions to archivesoffabella at gmail.com. Archives of Fabella is created, produced, and hosted by Dylan Foley with music by Garrett Ferris and Audioblocks. Books are available on Amazon in ebook and paperback. As always, look outside of what is possible and think about what might be.